Today's title of the sermon, Is There Room? And, and I'm going to discuss parallels and, and, and some things I believe the Lord gives me today uh, on the innkeeper. That we, saw, we read the scripture about the innkeeper, what little bit there was. And then we're, we watched the video, but, but I believe the Lord told me to pull these two together. Our heart's door. And, and Norma, I think, has got a picture for you, but, but the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And you'll see in this picture, of the, the, that old famous picture of Jesus knocking on the door. If it doesn't come up, you can go look it up. But, but there's no handle on the door because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. But, but God is constantly knocking through Christ, through the Holy Spirit on our doors. Are we opening our door up? Are we allowing Him to enter in? Is there room in your home? You see, an innkeeper, uh, they're responsible. They're the keeper of the inn. We are responsible. We're the keeper of our hearts and our households. We're responsible to them. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to come in as much as possible. But four points that I think that the the Holy Spirit uh, put on my heart today for us to talk about Maybe four thoughts, but have you made your reservation? If you haven't made your reservation, maybe today's the day. If you've made your reservation, maybe we need to make more room in our inn. But point two, make room in your inn. Point three is no cash, hearts only. Point four is say yes and be blessed. And I believe that's the things that the Lord wants us to talk about today I'm going to open up the communion table, but as, as we look at these four points today, I want us to examine our hearts and our lives today because we're the keeper of our home. We're the keeper of our hearts, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is knocking on our heart's door all the time, wanting more of you, wanting to be more involved in your life. So as we go through these things today, let's allow Him to do that. First point is, is get your reservation today. Joseph and Mary did not have a reservation. As you've seen when they went up in the video, they knocked on the door and nobody knew they was coming. There was no room in the inn. And so they went on down the road. How many of you in your life have tried to do things without reservations? I can remember when Joshua was playing football as a little kid and, and we were down in Marionville. We just thought we'd swing through Springfield and just get a room. Because we were right there close. Springfield's a big city. We went through Springfield Motel after Motel. No rooms at the end. They were all empty. We ended up in Mount Vernon to, to get a motel room that night. As I think about it over the years when me and Karen and the family went down to Alabama. We went to Alabama. Uh, we decided that we would just make a reservation on the way down there. And so we start calling to make reservations all the way down there. And guess what? We got within an hour of our destination before we were able to get a reservation because everything was booked up. Well, this time around, as we went to Galveston and we were very sharp, we started calling for reservations halfway there the day of and finally found a room halfway there. And it was a beautiful room. We pulled in and it was totally under construction, John. It had plastic over the front doors. You had to go around to the back door. We went around the back door. There's plastic down all the hallways. We go up the register and there's sawdust on the floor. Construction site. We get the room and I think, boy, we got a deal here. (laughs) 
We go into the room, and they just had painted it, beautiful room, lacquer on the doors, but it was so fresh. I woke up the next day with a blistering headache from the fumes. Needless to say, my family did not want to stay there anymore. They said, Dad, we need to make reservations. I uh, even tried to get them to stay there on the way home because it was cheap. And it was on the way, and it was halfway. Amy had left her glasses there and refused to go back to even get her glasses. Dad, it was the creepiest place I've ever been in. Let's make reservations next time. What I want to remind us today is, is have you made reservations? We look at the story in the Bible of the rich man in Luke chapter 16 that he was living life and always thought, you know, I'll make that reservation tomorrow. You know, I'll do that. I'll take care of that. But as we know, he never did. He was partying, enjoying life and just enjoying the good things that were before him and, and he passed away. And we all know the story that, that when he was in hell that, that he was crying out for somebody to bring him a touch of water that his lips were so hot and, and, and that couldn't happen. And, and you guys know the story. Let's just pick it up here in verse 27 of 16. And the rich man said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that they may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And we can see that even in that case, the, 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 the man said to him, Well, we can't do that. You've got to make the reservation. We can't make you make the reservation. You have to make that call. You know, Jesus told us how to do that. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, he says, Hey, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may also be, and you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said, we don't know the way, Lord. Where is this at? And he says, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me, through me. So we see Jesus tells us and shows us that no one can go to the Father but through him, meaning we need to accept Jesus Christ, our personal Savior, meaning we must make that reservation. And when we do, we get all these wonderful blessings that God will enter into us. God will be in us. God will be with us. God will guide and direct every step of our life from that day forward. And then when we pass on, he's even got a, a mansion ready for us, an awesome place ready for us. You know, we had a manger for him. He's got a mansion for us. He's got the best place in the world that, that we could ever fathom. He's got it. And he says, just by making that reservation for me to come into your life. And I say to you today, have you made that reservation? Can you boldly walk into the gates of heaven? Can you know that, do you know that right now that if you die, that you'd enter the kingdom of God, that you would set at the right hand? Did you catch that in the earlier scripture today? that we would sit at the right hand of God. Hey, Coop, you're a pretty good boy. Thanks for that Christmas gift. That was pretty awesome. I just saw him back there, and I just wanted to thank him for that. But see, God gives us great gifts. God's given us salvation. He gave me a great gift. He gave me a little elf today, and, and it, I, I got to show it to you. But, but he gave me this nice little elf here. And look at that. Thank you, bud. He's a Viking fan too. I've been talking to him. But, but God gives us a gift that's even more valuable than that, and that's precious to me. God gave his son, 
And God wants us to ask and make that reservation so that we can spend eternity with him. Now, I know this is Bible one-on-one, but, but so many people die without knowing Christ their Lord and Savior. And we just simply need to ask him into our heart. And if, if you haven't done that today, you need to do that. That's what this Christmas season is about. The second point today is make room in, in your inn. There is no room in the inn. Could the innkeeper have made room? Could he have made room for Jesus? I don't know. In our nativity show, the innkeeper, you know, it comes out and it greets Mary and Joseph and, and points them to the manger. But, but biblically, all that we know is that there was no room in the inn. We don't even know if that even happened. You know, when Mary and Joseph went and knocked on that heart's door, and again, I'm talking to the believer now, you know, we've accepted Christ and, and Christ comes knocking on our door. You know, that innkeeper, he could have been hiding behind the chair for all we know. He may not even went to the door for all we know. Or he may have done what the video showed today. Or she may have done what the video did today. But all we know is that they did not have room in the end. There's no place for Christ in their hearts. Is there room for Jesus in our heart today? The Bible says that, that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and we'll just go straight to it, 1 Corinthians 3.16 that God's temple is in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. And so we accept Jesus Christ. He comes into our life. He's a part of our life, and he's in our life all the time. Do we say to him one day, well, I can't watch this, so will you just step out of my life for a second? Or, hey, I shouldn't talk to this person that way. Jesus, will you just step aside for a minute? There's no room for you in the inn right now. There's no room for you in my house right now because I can't trust God enough to just trust in you. So that's what happens so many times that, that we don't got to go against the word. We don't got to disobey the word to get what we want. If we just obey the word, God's going to bless us. God's going to provide for us. And we need to get to the point that, that we call on the Lord for everything. But it's our responsibility to reach, to reach out for Jesus. And it's our responsibility to reach out to him every day, to make room in the end, if you will. This major scene that's set up today, this true story that's before us, we see that all these people that are involved in the nativity there, they had a, a choice. You know, they believed in God and, 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 the, and the angel of the Lord comes to, to Joseph and says, Mary's with child and, and you guys all know the story and Joseph had a mind to divorce her. However it came about, he had a mind to divorce her to look out for her. He, he respected her so much. He respected the time so much. He was, that was his ways to divorce her. But again, the angel of the Lord ministered to him and, and he had a dream and he woke up from that dream and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. So whenever the, uh, the, we're acquiring of the Lord and we are seeking the Lord and we open our heart's door for the Lord, he's going to speak to us and he's going to give us answers and, and, we, and we step out in those answers. We reacted. We moved forward. Mary's the one I love the most of all of, you know, as a dad, if my daughter come up, 
and said, I'm pregnant and not been married. That would be on my mind. Then if she said, God did it, I'd be putting her in the Stevens unit at Freeman Hospital. But Mary, God was knocking at the door and asking her to do something. And she inquired of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to her. And her words were, Let it be to me according to your word. Wow. Is that our heart today? That when Jesus is knocking on our door, that we open it up, and we're saying, let it be to me according to your word. We look at the wise man and the shepherds. The shepherds, they they heard the word of the Lord. The Lord knocked on their door. They opened the door up, and they ran in haste and found Mary and Joseph. The wise man heard from the Lord, they opened their door, their hearts, and they moved out and pursued him for two years. They made adjustments in their life. They did things to see that the Lord was on the throne of their life. They made sure that their house was available for the Lord. You know who made the biggest adjustment of all? was God. God loved us so much. That he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. God gave it all up for us. He's pursuing us. He's knocking on that door. We need to open the door up and say, Lord, let it be as your will. So how do we make Jesus the center of our lives? How do we reach out to him and and, and receive from him? And it's so simple, but we make it so hard. Uh, you guys do it every day. Every morning, you get up out of bed, and you check your Facebook to see what's been said. Every day, some of you kids get up, and you check your class of clans and see how the clan's getting along. And you upgrade, and you fill your castle, and, and you do all these things. Other people get on there, and they check their text messages. They check. There, there are other media sources that get on there and get on the news, but they grab for a newspaper or they'll grab for something every morning. What Christ wants us to do each day is simply get out of bed and reach for him. And that's something that the Lord put on my heart many years ago. And I do probably 99% of the time, but the first thing I do without I get out of my bed is I do reach for my tablet every day. But I look up and see the scripture of the day is the first thing I do. To make sure that my heart is open and available for the Lord to receive and move in me. And we need to make a conscious effort to do that. And guys, it's that simple. Just reading this word together in agreement like we're talking about. Just making yourself available for the Lord. The third point today is no cash. Hearts only. You know, a lot of people think that Joseph and Mary were poor, that they didn't have any cash, and that, that they were going to this inn looking for handouts. That wasn't the case. The inn was just full. That, that's, that's simple. You know, they're the son of God there, Jesus. God takes care of his people. You know, they were looking for an inn there. They were looking for a place to stay. But, but the point is today is a lot of people feel like that we just got to throw money at things. You know, we just give this and we give that. We try to work our way into heaven when God just wants our hearts. We can't work or purchase heaven. Too many people are just throwing that money at Christ and, and not taking the time to be with him. 
and just saying, well, I'll give to this or I'll give to that or I'll put a little time in here. But he just wants our heart. It just takes a little bit of effort. That's what the Lord spoke to me when, and that's why I love you, Josh. We go back and forth to each other about Chicago and Minnesota, but, but he couldn't get this candle lit and he worked at it until he got it lit. He's going to stay, stay with that. He's going to stay with things until they're done. And I like that about him. And that's the way we are with Christ. You know, if our candle's not burning, we go to Christ until it burns and we work to see that, that, that we experience him that way. So I appreciated Josh that ministered to me today. I was watching him more than I was watching anything else because I love that attribute about him, even if he does like the Chicago Bears. Those in the Christmas story were willing to give their hearts, their lives totally. We talked about Mary, Joseph, the shepherd, the wise men, what they gave up because they loved the Lord. They gave their hearts to him. And we could talk for an hour of all those things that they've went through. And I think we heard of them. But I want to share something that, that I think really hits home. But this letter is from uh, uh, Caleb Overstreet. He's talking about the Burmese refugees. If you guys follow the news, um, I don't understand it all, but they're genociding certain ethnic groups over there in Burma and the Burmese people are under great persecution and and Caleb's been visiting this refugee camp. To me, it's probably the world's worst place to be right now, but Jesus is front and center in their lives. And this is what Caleb's wife wrote to me. She said, Caleb, Caleb was invited to Malaysia by a large Burmese church and I can't pronounce church, Kula Lumper is the home of tens of thousands of Burmese refugees and migrant workers. Most work every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. So the church service starts at 11 p.m. and finishes at 4 a.m. Most people come, coming will have to sacrifice a night's sleep when they attend church. They have a passion and a level of commitment that Caleb longs to see among Christians in Mirmir, my mirror, and himself. He taught all week in the church leadership training program to 50 young Burmese leaders who are prepared to move to countries all over the world. You know, what I see here is, again, they're working round the clock. If they want to attend church, they got to miss a night's sleep to be able to do it. That's having a heart for Christ. That's, that's having a passion for Christ. I think the words that, that I use is that's having Christ at front and center. Like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the, and the wise men, Christ was front and center in their lives. I believe that Christ is front and center of the lives of these people. Here you have them in the worst place in the world probably, but yet they're experiencing the most powerful presence of God in the world. The thing that blessed me with this whole reading, I don't even know if some of you caught on to, but it said 50 young Burmese leaders were prepared to move to countries all over the world. Now think about this. They're in a refugee camp. That means they can't go back home. So that means they're going to be transplanted across the world. So 
Jerry, you're going here, whether you like it or not. Kent, you're going here. I don't know if they have choices or not. George, you're going here. Karen, you're going here. Doris, you're going here. And, and they're being planted across the world, 50 people. And what they're focusing on is being ministers of the God they love so much where they go. Man, if, if that was me and I was put in a refugee camp, I'd be mad that somebody took my home. I'd be mad that they hurt my children or raped my kids or whatever. I'd hate them. But they're looking and preparing to be men and women of God where they're placed. Is that not total confidence in the Lord? Is that not total heart and center for Christ? Is that not... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else is going to take and be okay? Can we be at that peace with Christ in our circumstance? If I don't get Cook's jersey for Christmas, I'm going to be upset. If pastor doesn't treat me the right way, I'm not coming back no more. And dadgum, that service on Sunday morning better not last more than an hour. Because I got things to do. Is Christ at the heart and center of our lives? We must say yes and be blessed. The world offered a manger and received a Savior. Isn't that grace? God blessed us with his grace when we didn't have room for him. And then the point I'm trying to think of and, and make here today is, is we gave him so little and he did so much. Just think if we willingly gave him it all, how happy and blessed we would be. Just think if we said, yes, Lord, your way, Lord, is the way I want to go, how Happy we would be. And happy means fortunate, prosperous, envied. Actually, blessed means happy, fortunate, prosperous, and envied. When we put Christ first in our life, when we say, yes, we will be blessed. We will have all the things that we need. And I think back, you know, what if, what if the innkeeper would have said, you know, I'm going to place Christ front and center, you know, come in here and take my room. I'll, I'll go outside. And again, we're just talking here today. But what if the innkeeper would have said that, you know, I, I thought, man, there would be a saint innkeeper. You know, we got St. Paul, we got Mother Mary, but, but just think of the innkeeper that we'd had a saint innkeeper. That's kind of corny, isn't it? But, but maybe Oakton would be called Oakton Innkeeper Fellowship. Somebody laughed at my joke. But because the Christ wasn't front and center, we don't even know the innkeeper's name. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl or what. But I do know when we say yes to Christ's will and word in our lives, the blessings will affect generations to come. And Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, 
the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. The decisions that Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, the decisions they made to keep Christ front and center is affecting our lives today. Sixty years ago, it affected the vision of Oakton Church and they started the living nativity. And we wanted to share what their story was, the truth about Christ. And 60 years later, last weekend, we ministered to 669 people the message of Christ. All because some people said yes. And it carried on to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation. Our decision to open the door to our hearts will affect our lives for generations to come. It will affect our children's lives for generations to come. I was being silly earlier today, and this is an example of how you're affecting your children's lives now. And you're affecting your family's lives now, no matter what you're doing. And this is a fun, it really tickled me. But, but I went into the, the kids' room in here. It was Jonathan, Zoe, and Lily that were in there. And I said, you know, Vikings rule, and everyone else drools. And them kids looked at me and they said, no, no, uh-uh, we're all chief fans. We don't drool, so we already have the parents pushing the chiefs with them. Uh, I was kidding Dilly and said that Josh didn't like Chicago. He likes Vikings. Nuh-uh, he likes Chicago. She was fighting for you, man. And, and the kids know our football teams. They know our football teams. And, and I kept kidding them, and I said, well, you all love the Vikings because you're not drooling. And Lily looks at me and she goes, I drool in my sleep. <laughs> we had fun today in class, you know. But, but what we do and what we say affects our people around us to the good or the bad. And just think when we say yes to Jesus, it's going to affect our children. They're going to know your Lord, your Lord and Savior. You know, they're going to know who you serve. You know, I'd already wrote in here that, look at Martin Luther King, the decisions that, or Martin Luther, before Martin Luther King, the decisions he made that affected us to this generation, the the decisions John Wesley made, how it changed the world for Jesus. And, And then I was thinking about Granny and Granddad Diggs and Grandma and Grandpa Garfield on how the decisions they made affected my life. How my mom and dad, how Gary and Paula, you know, I can just go down and down, Doug, my friend, and, and Rick and all these guys I grew up with, how they affected my life. When we choose Jesus to be Lord of our life, when we make him front and center, we're going to be happy and we're going to be blessed. Say yes to Jesus all the time. He's gone viral. Let's go viral with him. I don't want to leave this yet. I was talking earlier, we don't work, achieve, 
God doesn't want us to work our time and our tithe and our talent out for him. But when you give him your heart, you automatically give him your time, your tithe, and your talent. And that's what blesses him. When he says, I don't want you to give your heart is angry or I don't want you to go work in the church if you got a bad attitude. I don't want you to use your gifts if you feel like you got to do it. Don't work for me. Jesus said, love me and love each other. And when we do that, when Christ is front and center in our lives, then we find ourselves doing them things. We give because we see how it changes lives. But where's our heart today? As we take communion now, have you made your reservation? Are you a believer today? Had you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Have you made room for him? I fight it all the time. Been two days and I hadn't been with the Lord. What happened? Didn't mean nothing by it, Lord. You don't want your cash, you want your hearts. Let's say yes and be blessed today. Amen.